For over 10 years, I couldn't get my productions to sound how I wanted, so I buried myself in online tutorials trying to figure out why, and even having some of the same tools as other producers and mixers I envied, my productions weren't coming even close. I've heard the term referencing get thrown around, and I thought I was referencing the right way myself, but I was totally wrong, and over time developed a referencing system that would help me produce any desired result. I'm excited to announce that you can now use this same system yourself in our new course, The Magical Guide to Referencing. This gives you the exact framework I've used and successfully taught hundreds of students through the years. If you're ready to stop chasing your mixing tail in circles and ready to understand any mix you hear to replicate those same results for yourself, you can find a link to the magical guide to referencing in the description wherever you're listening. See you there, my friends. Hello and welcome to Working in Music Sucks. My name is John Maciel and for almost two decades I've been working in the audio recording industry. I've worked with producers and mixers like Bo Rochelle, Joey Sturgis and Josh Newell and countless others on records with bands like Era, Census Fell and Mooseblood. And along this journey I've also worked with two of the biggest music educational companies where I helped thousands of aspiring engineers achieve their dreams of making music production a fulfilling full-time career. But as great as that sounds, to be honest, the first 10 years of working in music sucked. I started this podcast to talk about what sucks about working in music so others like myself who love music production and want to wake up every morning fulfilled and driven to making records people love can do just that. Working in music sucks, but with what we talk about on this podcast, it doesn't have to any longer. If that sounds like your cup of coffee, then you're in the right place, my friends. Let's get into it. Welcome, welcome back. In this episode, it's going to be, I don't want to say controversial, but it's going to ruffle some feathers, but in a good way. And it's a topic that we see everywhere online. Everyone likes to bring this up. What DAW is the best, and do DAWs even matter? And I have some very strong opinions on this, but not in the way that you would you would think. Because I know a lot of people are like, Pro Tools is like not going to be the industry standard in a couple of years. Anyone who says that is living in an, in a very delusional world of belief, because everyone thinks in audio that Pro Tools is the audio is the reason Pro Tools is so huge. It's not. It's the the digital consoles that they use in concert venues. Not to mention, like movies use Avid Composer, so it's a lot easier to sync with Avid Pro Tools systems. There's a lot of the post world is so much bigger than audio, and that's why audio like Pro Tools is just industry standard because it's taught in schools. It's default in every studio, pretty much every major studio across the world. Post houses have it installed alongside Avid Media Composer. So there's a lot of reason why Avid is the industry standard and it's going to stay that way for a very long time. Whether you like that or not, it's not up to you. It's just what it is. Um, but there's still a lot of great dolls out there, you know, I've been using Logic Pro X now for, I think, uh, four or five months. I want to say like four, yeah, more like four months. Huge Pro Tools fan. Love it. Uh, my annual expired. And as a challenge to myself, I was like, how how much of my skills are dictated by Pro Tools and how much are not? So it's been a learning curve, but I've been using Logic Pro, S, Pro X. And then there's DAWs like, Studio One that people love, Cubase, Ableton, and Reaper, you know, and these are all DAWs that people who use them love them and stand by them. And, you know, 
I, as long as you're like recording, in my opinion, like you, you're winning, right? As long as you're you're using something that allows you to make your artistic vision and or the people you are who are hiring you and rendering your service their vision to come to life, you're winning. Like, don't overthink it. So many people are they overthink it by which DAW is the best. Well, that's not that's that's not the you're not asking the right question, right? There's so many different levels to it. And another thing to consider too is your production style, your writing style. So, for example, Hans Zimmer writes in Cubase a lot, but he also d- dabbles a little bit in Ableton. Um, a lot of producers balance between Ableton and Logic Pro X because of like the flexibility with writing certain things in a certain way, um, and then they stem things out, and then those end up in their Pro Tool session where they start tracking vocals and things, but like the actual production of the song took place between Ableton and Pro Tools because of what the sounds are able to manipulate within those DAWs. Some people are just straight up rock and roll like engineers. So they're just using Pro Tools. Um, some composers like using uh, Cubase and Logic and Ableton because it's easier to, to write and do things. So it, it a lot of the answer is also what's your what do you think your production style is like are you doing mostly electronic music if so ableton might be the only, the best way to go you can do phenomenal records on ableton there's so much more when it comes to creative creatively writing that you can do with an ableton than you can't do in other daws um when it comes to like midi programming cubase is really robust um I have friends who do some crazy things in Cubase with MIDI and I'm just like, can't do that over here in Pro Tools. Uh, haven't gone that deep into the logic yet. Logic to me feels like, um, and I don't mean this in a bad way, but it feels like a bicycle with training wheels or like a tricycle is the best way to explain how I feel about logic. It's like, yeah, you can get stuff done, but it's like holding your hand the whole entire time. Um, but it can get pretty deep and it can do a lot of cool things, but I don't know why I, I always feel like because it's an Apple product, it makes sense of how the software works because of how Apple products work. Um, whereas pro tools is when I first started with pro tools, it, there was a learning curve, but the more I used it, it's like the learning curve went away. It was just cause like my brain didn't understand certain things, but once it's, once it started clicking, it was good. Reaper is one of those that I've messed with. And I'm just like, People who use Reaper, I'm just like, you like to, it's like playing, it's like playing human on earth in hard mode for some, it's, it's like doing audio in hard mode plus. It makes no sense to me. They're like, well, everything's customizable. Blah, blah, blah. I'm like, I, I guess like if, if, if it works for you, works for you. You're making records good for you. Like tight. Um, but production style should be the first thing you ask yourself is like, what is the what is my production style? What do I need? What are my needs? Because if you're doing mostly electronic music, you're you could get by with like Pro Tools and Logic, but Ableton's probably gonna be the better DAW. And the great thing is most DAWs offer some sort of trial so you can see which one is best suited. I recommend when you're first starting out, try each DAW, which one just naturally, instinctively clicks with how you work that's the one you want to latch onto because that's going to be the one that it's going to take you the first longest. And then once you start feeling like you've reached limitations with that software, then, then you start looking, okay, what's the next step up software wise. That's why like the best example is like the LE versions of like pro tools, Cubase, um, logic. And, uh, I don't know if studio one still does, but you know, they have like baby versions and then 
as you need more things, you can upgrade to get the ones that have more robust systems. There's no reason to go all out. I think it's worth like starting with like an LE edition, a light edition. And then as you progress, you're like, okay, I need more things. And then, you know, you're good to go. Now the next one is it does matter what DAW you use if you're trying to make this industry a career, but not in the same sense of people are going to judge you for what you use. Like no one gives a shit what you use. However, if you're, if you're trying to go, you need to ask yourself, are you only trying to make records for yourself and for people who hire you? And you're never going to need to like use an outside DAW in that case, pick whatever you want. Now, if your goal is to do that, but you also want to go work at certain studios or work for certain producers, then you need to figure out what are they using? And more often than not, they're using pro tools. So then you have to ask yourself a question. Okay. If my goal is to make records at a higher level, work for producers, work at studios, and they all have pro tools, does it make sense for me to be, for me to be using Reaper? Like from a business standpoint, no, it doesn't. You're actually harming yourself by not taking the time to get really proficient in the software that's going to help you ultimately. It's like being a lot of people get up in arms about this mindset, but it's like, if you're a programmer and the job calls for you to know how to program using JavaScript, but you only know how to do like C plus plus or whatever it's called. Well, you're not going to get the job. You're not qualified. You don't know the coding language needed to get hired for the job. If you're a video editor and the job requires you to know how to edit in Adobe Premiere Pro, but you've only used HitFilm, they're going to be like, why? You don't know how. To, uh, yes, it's the same thing, but you're not at the skill level of using Premiere Pro like an expert. That's what we're looking for. Someone who is fluid with the software and understands it with no problem. So you have to be really, really honest with yourself in that regard of if your goal is to work at a studio or for a person, what are they using? And use that. Just don't even think about it. That's, that's why I got into Pro Tools was all the magazines and articles that I had read and videos, everyone was using Pro Tools. Everyone was using Pro Tools. And I knew I wanted to work at a studio or for a producer. So I just went out and got an Inbox 2, got Pro Tools 7.4 LE. And that was, that was what I used. That Pro Tools was all I used and all I cared about. But now that I'm not doing that stuff and I'm more on the content creation side, uh, content creation side, education, helping people while still doing my own thing, because I'm not working at other studios or for other producers anymore, I could use whatever I want. And right now I'm fortunate enough that I'm in a situation where I'm like, okay, I'm going to experiment with logic and see how far logic can take me. Do I miss Pro Tools? Oh yeah, it's I've been using it for over 10 years. I miss it every every time I pull up Logic, I'm like it's the same but different. You know, it's like Pro Tools is like that burger joint Pro Tools is just that comfort food. It's not really I love it or I hate it. It's just like, yeah, it's just it's safe. It's chicken noodle soup, right? <laughs> but I'm over here eating like chicken vegetable medley and it's like okay it's kind of the same but it's a little different now the next part to this is if you're working for someone and you're working as an assistant 
you need to know that you need to be using the same DAW as the person you're working under. And then you need to go a step above and really understand that DAW. So it does matter what you're using. Cause like you never want to be that person who's working for someone. And then they, let's say they only use pro tools and then you're a Cubase user and you're like, Oh, in Cubase, this could have done this or in this, they're going to think to themselves, well, that's great, but I'm not going to use Cubase. I have like 12 projects coming up. I'm not going to learn a new DAW to get these projects done in this DAW. Like I don't, I don't have that type of luxury of time, blah, 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 blah. So if you're one of the, so if you become the person who's like, Oh yeah, like, no, I know, I know the bare minimum pro tools, but you should be using Reaper because you do this is, they don't want to hear it. Shut up, learn pro tools or leave. Like, don't be that person. And using the same DAW as a studio or people you work with, it just streamlines, it streamlines collaboration. And if you're living in a bigger city like Los Angeles, Austin, Texas, uh, Nashville, Tennessee, New York City, places where they have really robust creative industries in the audio field, most, like I want to say eight out of 10 studios are going to have Pro Tools or be using Pro Tools. And it's much easier to have be able to do a save-ass project and then send the PTX file over as opposed to like bouncing out stems bouncing out stems, you know, printing and then sending a folder to someone else with MIDI and then them having to line up the MIDI in their DAW and the stems. And then something goes wrong. I've seen it happen so many times. Um, it's part of the reason why I actually bought logic several years ago. I was having, uh, cause a lot of bands will either have pro tools or, and, or they will, uh, have a copy of logic. Mo most bands that I've encountered, so me and Bo were doing a lot of, we were mixing a lot of records uh, for a couple of months and a lot of bands were sending just really screwed up stems. And I was like, Oh fuck. Like, or prints or like multi-tracks. And I was like, yo, th like this shit is just like really fucked. Like what's going on. So I would get in contact with the bands and be like, yo, what DAW are you using? And they'd be like, logic, 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 logic. So I was like, okay, let's do this. Send me uh, here's how you make a copy of your session. Send me the logic file. And then I would go in and make the multi-tracks and get everything that I needed and just get it all cleaned up. And then it came in, it's uh, helpful in other things too. But that's why I got logic for it was just to open up freaking sessions to clean things up for myself. Cause that's what the client was using. So it was like, save myself a ton of back and forth and headaches and down wasting time downloading files that weren't going to line up or just get the file, do it all myself, bring it into pro tools and just call it a day. And if you're, if you're in the same situation, I can't recommend enough just buying the bullet and just buying like a light version of the DAW or the same version. And just having that for those situations, maybe you're dealing with an artist, maybe one of your clients is a Cubase user and your pro tools and you just have a copy of Cubase, so you can always open, you can just have them send you the session and you can always open it. And then this also helps in the case of, this is a little uh, side tangent, but when they're like, they send you a multi-track and they forget to send you the wet version. And then you try to recreate whatever sound was in the rough. And they're like, no, it's not right. It's not right. It's so much easier to just have the session so you can see their settings and just copy and copy those settings, write them down and then put pull up the same plugin or software in your DAW and just mimic exactly what was going on. And all of a sudden they're like, Oh yeah, that's exactly what I wanted. Can't tell you how many times that has saved our butts.
But it streamlines it streamlines the process for that type of collaboration. Also working with other people because sending MIDI files with multi tracks and then people having to bounce stems it just gets really dicey really quick. Um, yeah, so try to avoid that. And the next one is something a lot of audio engineers don't take into consideration, which is unfortunate because most audio engineers that I've encountered don't think of this as a business. They think of it as like their passion or their hobby that they they're making money from at a full-time capacity. And they're like, Oh, it costs too much to like buy this or buy that. And I get it. Audio gear is expensive and buying the software and this stuff is expensive, but it's worth noting that when you buy that annual subscription or that license, it's talk to your tax person, but mine has been able to, told me a long time ago, like, oh, the your software is all tax deductible because you're using it in a business capacity because you're using it for work. And if you weren't working, you wouldn't be paying this annual subscription, would you? And I'm like, no, I would just stay at my regular software or do what I'm doing now with Logic Pro X. So like, yeah, no, that's a business expense. Like you need to update your software. It's like a business that uses QuickBooks every single year or that uses like pay their uh, pay pay services or merchant services, they pay their annual fee. It's a business expenditure. It's a business expense. So it's deducted as such. So talk to your, talk to your tax person and just double check and make sure because whatever DAW you go with, it's a, it could be a tax deduction. And if you need to use, you know, two different DAWs because you have your preference and then the person you're working with or the studio has another, you can work it out and it's not as drastic, but in general, DAWs do not matter and will not dictate what work you do and do not get if you are your own entity, your own business, your own studio. But if you're trying to work for a studio and or a producer or mixer, anyone at that caliber level, you need to figure out what they're using. And then it does matter what you're using because you want to use the same things. If you're doing post-production work, you're probably going to end up using Pro Tools because most post houses, that's what they're using. So it does and doesn't matter. That's the good news. And I guess the bad news too. And it's part of what makes working in music suck. It's like, what is the right answer? What should I be doing? But hopefully with these five things that I outlined, you'll be able to answer that for yourself and make the right decision. So yeah, working in music sucks. But with what we talked about in this episode today, it doesn't have to anymore. See you in the next one, friends.